0: You're listening to the She's On Her Toes podcast, episode 35. She's On Her Toes podcast is about getting ahead in the business of fitness. We'll take a real-life look at what it takes to own and operate a boutique fitness studio, sharing what it's really like to run a business. You know, all the stuff they don't teach you in business school. All right, well, welcome to the She's On Our Toes podcast, Carolyn Hearn here, and I am joined by my two managers, Emily Gesterson and Christina Shafka, and today we are kicking off a uh, four-part episode series about how to kind of get your business organized for 2019. This year is coming to a close, and it's time to start planning what you want from your business next year. But where to start? So, for the next four episodes, we will discuss how we plan for our next year of business, including how to create a marketing calendar, budget, uh, mine our existing list for new sources of revenue and potentially new clients, and how to set goals. So no matter what happened in 2018, the best thing that you can do for your business is create a plan that drives sales and improves your systems for the next year. So and I think that's kind of an important thing to start this out with. Whether or not you were you know, elated with the way your business went in 2018 or just really hoping that 2019 is tomorrow so you can kind of start fresh because uh, you weren't that happy with the way things turned out, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, planning and creating all these plans over the next four episodes, over the next month is really gonna help you kind of approach your business in a more organized way. And in a more calculated way, and then hopefully you'll be able to kind of track what's working, get rid of what's not working, and um, yeah, just kind of take it to the next level, regardless of what happened. So yeah, it doesn't matter. What happened in the past is in the past. We're only looking forward. To 2019 here but uh, today we will talk about planning a whole year's worth of amazing events and how we create our marketing calendar so that seemed like a good place to start next week we'll talk about the budget and then uh, talk about mining our existing list and setting goals to kind of cap it all off so I hope you'll stick around for the next month and you know really just take that time In between each episode to you know figure out like what is gonna work for you and your business and just kind of start getting all of those thoughts put to paper and create a plan so let's get going here why is it important for uh, us to plan events for the whole year and why not just wing it
1: I think there are two two big reasons to plan one it gives you a focus so you don't have to, you know, have everything down to the T, and it doesn't mean that things won't change. But if you kind of have an idea, we kind of like to do it monthly. Maybe you do it differently, but let's just say, uh, for the sake of this question, that you're doing it monthly. You have 12 things to focus on, and um, it kind of, kind of like we've talked about in the past. Just planning allows you it takes that step out of it. So it's not January 1st, what am I doing in January and I have to figure out how to do it and I don't have anything set in stone. Uh, but you start January 1st kind of knowing what your focus is and then um, uh, it's just a, it takes some of that uh, time. You, you put some of that time on the front end and you can really focus on what you need to be doing for the month or, or what your focus is um, as far as uh, what you're gearing towards for your marketing. And then, it also allows you to. I think it allows you to be flexible because if something comes up, um, you know what your month looks like. So somebody wants to partner with you, or there's a great opportunity, or something. You know what you've already set in, set on your schedule, and it's really easy to say no. No, I already have this planned. You know, let's look at another time. Or you, it's really easy to say yeah, like we have something planned here, but I totally have time and energy to put towards this. So I think it allows you to be more focused and it also allows you to have the flexibility you need to kind of roll with whatever comes up in the moment or, you know, as the time comes.
2: Yeah, and just to add on, I think it's really good to front load and plan ahead, reflecting on how 2018 went and what events went well and what you want to continue to do and maybe what you want to add in to add a little variety or try something new. Um, And then each month, you're able to make sure everything is ready, you can prepare, and you don't feel like you are in uh, total chaos trying to throw something together, we haven't done anything this month, we need to, and then possibly getting into an event or something that doesn't maybe represent your business or is not the right choice for you at the time just to sort of have something and go do something. But I think it's really good to um, be able to prepare and stay focused, like Emily said, by planning ahead that way.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, and I really think, like, yeah, some people would say planning for the whole year is, you know, limiting or, you know, you should only plan for a quarter at a time or six months at a time. I'm just going to disagree with that. And shocker. Um, I think, like, the more that you can plan out in advance, like, the better the events will be, the more strategic you can be. Because, like, let's say you want to have, like, a big promotion in, you know, March. You plan an awesome event around it. And then, you know, it just, everything kind of, like, enhances each other, and all of the work that you're doing is, like, based around, like, one message, one theme, like, everybody knows what, you know, the goal is for that month, for that promotion, for that event, everything just kind of, um, I don't know, just, like, just like multiplies off of each other. And I think like, you know, if you just are planning, you know, one month at a time, or even just a few weeks out, or even just, you know, even like one or two months out, I mean, a lot of times you can, maybe all of your events end up being the same. So like, maybe you're like, oh, we'll just do another pop-up because that worked last time. And then you're like, oh crap, we've done five pop-ups in a row and there's no variety in our offerings. And then it's like, I mean, so if you do, if you do take the time to kind of like map out, like, you know, options or like really like put in some concrete things that you want to do, then... I mean, you kind of have, like, a picture of, like, what the whole year looks like. And let's say, like, oh, crap. You're like, oh, April and June should switch. Like, then you can do that. And it's not too late. And, you know, like, no. you're not scrambling. That's, like, the right. word. I just cannot, un- I can't stand scrambling. the scrambling. Because then <laughs> the you scramble. don't do anything right. And it's, like, why yeah. are we putting forth this effort? And right. then you don't get the results you want. It's just, like, a mess. Yeah, and it's not good for anyone. No. All right. Well, what value does planning and hosting events at your business have? And how can you use events to drive sales and bring in new clients?
1: We do, uh, and, you know, we one thing that we do is we try to think about our events as, like, retention events yeah. or, like, bringing in new client events. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do two two of those events every month or but just kind of knowing like what is your event meant to do and i think like just going off what carolyn says when you plan ahead you have the ability to focus on what each event means and what your kind of what your goal is for those so you know, some events you want to get your current clients and customers to come in and shop or, you know, take advantage of something that you're offering. And you're not trying to generate new leads or bring in new clients to those events. You have another goal. And, you know, for us, you know, maybe that's an event that focuses on retail or focuses on, you know, some kind of retention strategy to get your existing clients excited about what you have to offer. And then you have other events that are all about bringing in, clients and new leads and these are events that you know you might do paid advertising on um, these are events where you know maybe it's free uh, these are the kind of events that you're really gearing towards people that don't know anything about your company don't know anything about your brand uh, it might even mean like you're going out of your space to reach them so for us you know she mentioned a pop-up that's we, that those pop-ups really cross over and they're great for both but you know we might be going somewhere um, to reach a client that we maybe wouldn't have been able to bring into the studio otherwise and allows us you know to bring in new clients and get new leads so um, events can really help you with both and um, it, it gives your business the opportunity to retain and excite clients that are already in your studio and also reach out to clients that maybe you wouldn't have been able to reach out just through your regular, you know, day-to-day marketing.
2: Right, and I, both of those are extremely important because, um, well, obviously they're important. Said, like, oh my gosh, I'm
3: sorry
2: okay. like this one. I'm like, you covered it all. I'm like, I don't know what to say here. Um, yeah, I think a lot. Those are very important. Both of the points, so I'd say, the one about bringing in new clients is extremely vital for your business because a lot of people that might be a little intimidated to come into the actual space. Say, if you have something at maybe a vineyard or a place, southern another business that yeah, you, just, you can, yeah. okay like we've had one at Southern Home and Kitchen and mm-hmm. um yeah I know that
0: was awesome yes
2: was <laughs> yeah um and we didn't have a class but you're able to meet maybe other people that might just be there shopping that have never even heard <laughs> about your business or mm-hmm. that had heard about Pure Bar so it's just interesting what the events can lead you they can lead you to new faces and might bring in people that hadn't even thought about stepping into the studio and some people that would go with their friends outside of the studio or your business that would feel more comfortable starting it out there or just giving it a try there because it's not as maybe structured or it's structured yeah. but you know what I'm trying to say yeah yeah just yeah they're more comfortable yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and, like, the thing that was so fun about, like, going to Southern Home and Kitchen, and that was definitely more of, like, a retention event for clients that, you know, are already taking class with us, and for anyone who wasn't there or doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, Southern Home and Kitchen is obviously a home and kitchen store, it's local to Winston-Salem, and they literally have, like, everything you could ever want, it's amazing, and we had just like a shop night and they were gracious enough to allow us to come over and gave us like a special discount on purchases and then they I had asked them to just to kind of make it relevant to Pure Bar uh, to kind of showcase some like gadgets or little tools that they had to like encourage like healthy eating and you know easy dinner prep and that kind of thing so of course they had spiralizers and I think like some a little tool that like took the leaves off of kale and Uh, then the herb yeah the herb thing and so like yeah, that was great, and uh, we all bought them, and we were all like, ooh, ah, uh, and I bought a yeah. new carrot grater, a new I peeler. I I bought. I definitely
2: bought yeah. Some I, bread. I'm sure. <laughs> we got, oh, bread. got so much
0: bread. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they totally
1: sold us on bread. They some had these awesome bread, there, <laughs> these but, awesome yeah. bread mixes oh, so <laughs> that you just needed.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like a mix, and then you just needed a beer I or like a sparkling a beer, water. Yeah. A bottle beer. Oh, yeah, they so
1: good for the holidays. Yeah. Go get some right now. Yeah,
0: perfect, uh, perfect gifts. So yeah, it was great. And I think the people that did come, of course, it was not at the studio. So that was an extra trip for people. But the people that did show up had an awesome time. I think we had like 20 ish people. Uh So I mean, that was awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, yeah, it was just kind of nice because then we could all hang out, have a glass of wine, like, different atmosphere. Yeah, Yeah, it was just more about like community and kind of building that community. So yeah, I mean, I think when you look at your events, like like Emily and Christina are saying, yeah, definitely important to have... You know some kind of way to drive like new clients into your studio and get them you know into class and purchasing from you but just as important to have events that are fun and kind of keep things interesting for your um, current members and kind of you know using that as like a retention tool And, of course, these events don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like, you could have, you know, separate events. Or, you know, in some cases, like, one event could, you know, kind of do the job for both of those things. But, yeah, I mean, in a business where, you know, you're constantly looking to add members like ours, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're at least doing, like, one thing every single month to bring in some new clients. Otherwise... I mean, you're going to kind of be behind. Um, so, yeah, just important to know that. All right, so, I mean, what are the elements of a great event? Because, I mean, admittedly, we have had some really terrible events. <laughs> <laughs> We've also had some really <laughs> good ones. <laughs> but <laughs> like...
1: Well, first of all, your clients or your prospective clients, have to be excited about it and sometimes yeah. that's hard because you can be excited about it and <laughs> they aren't and vice versa like sometimes you're like not even that into it and then like it turns out great and you're like oh my goodness like I didn't even put that much energy yeah. into this and so and and that's I'm not sure that that's tangible um, but just looking at previous years seeing what worked have clients mentioned things to you are people talking about this this amazing thing that they want you know they want you to try or um, so just looking back and seeing what went well and, you know, being honest and being okay to say like, yeah, it was my idea. It sucked. Like, That's fine. <laughs> Let's do something else. cause I mean, you don't know, sometimes you don't know till you, you try, to it try it. Again. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it works really well. I mean, we've had events, events in the past, um, that have worked really well and then we do them again and they don't. So right, like just yeah. kind of like knowing, trying to be ahead of like, what's kind of fading out. What is, um, what is picking up steam? What are your clients into? Um. But then also, on top of that, that, you know, that's not really... I'm not sure that that's, like, even a helpful point, because I'm not it sure that that's there's, there's yeah. something that you can, like, really put your hands around. But uh, a lot of times, like, having something to offer them. So whether you're not necessarily, like, you know, a discount or anything like that, but just what are they what are they going to get if they come to your event? Like, maybe sometimes it's just, like, community and mm-hmm. meeting new people, or maybe it's, you know, a special discount off your retail. Maybe it's different things, but kind of having something special so that if they... If they they feel more um, apt to come, and they know that well, I really want to go because this is kind of a limited, you know, offering, not something that I can always get. Um, and I think just wrapping around like the community would be my third point, mm-hmm. and just having it an event that gets people together and talking and maybe interacting with clients that they don't normally see or know. Um, that's something that can be really really helpful in planning a good event oh yeah
2: yeah and I think going off um, what Emily said it's important to find um make sure the event represents and is authentic as to like what you want people to see your business because it is a first impression for some people so you yeah. want to make sure um, that you plan that out very well so I'd say that is a big element to the start yeah. of a, an event period um And then just making sure that if it didn't work the first time, maybe just try something else. Or maybe you need, yourself, you need to change something you did at that event. Or maybe a different way to promote it. Or um, maybe you get some client feedback that could always help um, after events and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally agree with all of that. Uh, I will say that, like, maybe, you know, better events are events where clients can bring friends or kind of encourage, like, new people to come out and, like, try the business or, like, see, like, what we're doing, try class, like, come shopping, you know, hang out, like, doing all those things, like, building the community. Um, But then also, too you know, just from a logistics side, because, yeah, there's, like, the fun, awesome, like, side of, like, everyone hanging out, but just making sure that you, as the business owner, have the appropriate amount of staff and employees there, because we've definitely had events where, like, we probably needed, like, five more people, and things were stressful, or, like, it just, you know, we just didn't have enough, people there to facilitate the needs of the masses that showed up. Like, I mean, we had a pop-up once there, I'm not kidding, like 175 people came and I only had like, what there were probably what, like four of us there or five of us? Checking people in. Yeah, probably. I yeah. mean, it was insane. I was like, ah, like, and then the <laughs> iPod broke and like, I mean, and then somebody had to go back and get oh, one. Yeah, paperwork. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, and that's awesome. These are all great problems to have. <laughs> But, and we could never, we never would have known that that many people were going to show up. So, however, in, like, in the future, like, our biggest takeaway from that was, excuse me, our biggest takeaway from that was that, yeah, you need to have, like maybe you know, five to 10 people at every event so that somebody knows that they're checking in, somebody knows that they're collecting the email and phone, address, phone numbers and that kind of thing. Somebody knows that they're gonna be demonstrating. Other people know they're just gonna be like, hanging out and talking to people. Um, just like having like, defined roles for everyone definitely, I think, like, makes, and then people just aren't standing around. You like, kinda know what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyways. All right, well, how can you use events to enhance your overall marketing efforts?
1: I think what Carolyn said earlier, just in having like a focus for the month. So if you're focusing on, you know, friends, for example, and your event has nothing to do with friends, like that's not really like a synergy that is gonna make sense. But if you are, you know, focusing on, you know, bringing, getting referrals from your clients and then you do an event where they bring their friends for free or whatever, like that really aligns and you can do, you know, you can do paid marketing to that. You can do your in-house marketing to that. You can um, really strategize so that all of your efforts are focusing around that one goal for the month or for the quarter for whatever you're planning for rather than um, you know things kind of being all over the place and sending mixed messages or sending too many messages at mm-hmm. one time and it gets confusing um, when you're when you have a goal and all of your you know your event calendar and your marketing and what your client what your staff is saying to clients and that all wraps around the same thing it's much more effective than you know we're doing this but we're also doing this and my staff didn't know that we were doing this so they're not even talking about this Um, so it just allows you to have like one voice and one message
0: yeah no 100% like if you are not using your events to kind of enhance like your overall like marketing efforts I think you're missing out and having events is just like one more like super public way and a very tangible way that you can you know, kind of show everyone or communicate or tell that story of, like, what it is that you're trying to accomplish that month. So, yeah, if your goal is to bring in, you know, 50 new clients and get 50 new memberships signed in one month, then, you know, perhaps, like, all of your marketing efforts, all of your emails, your texts, your, you know, phone calls, your paid advertising should all focus around, you know, increasing your memberships. Perhaps you should have, you know, an event that kind of, you know, just is the cherry on top of that and a way for you to really show everyone, like, how awesome your studio is, how awesome the community is, and that kind of thing. Conversely, like, if your goal one month is to sell, you know, break your best retail month ever, then perhaps you could do a shopping event that would you know, further facilitate you know, that message and that goal um, that kind of thing. So I mean, these events don't have to be like like the most like creative you don't know, get to be like you know reinventing the wheel every single time but um and in fact i would say sometimes the more simple the better the easier yes. it is to communicate because um we all know how like overloaded we are with emails and text messages and and that kind of thing so especially oh my god it, like we're doing this after <laughs> cyber monday and i swear i think i got like 80 emails <laughs> yeah. with like different sales and like different things that like you know nonstop yeah okay. I like just deleted them all anyways we've kind of talked a little bit about this and even before this podcast we've started recording but like when is it appropriate to keep an annual tradition and then when is it time to try something new like how do you know when to like just give up. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you have to um, kind of detach yourself from the event, first of all, and look mm-hmm. at it, um, you know, unbiased and just see if it achieved what you wanted it to achieve. So mm-hmm. if you were trying to get new members, like what event was really helpful in that and what events didn't aid you in that and why would you continue to do an event that didn't give you the outcome that you wanted? Um, and I think that this kind of plays into like, we kind of do what we're used to doing. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes, sometimes that's okay. Um, you know, you do a pop-up every year, and you have 100 people, and you want to keep doing it because you do it, and that's fine. But really, look if you're looking down into where you're spending your time and your energy, and you're trying to figure out like what makes the most sense for your business, maybe some of these events cost money, like where do you want to spend the money, um, you just have to look back at previous years and see <laughs> if they worked. And it's okay for something to have worked for five years and then not work the sixth year. Um, just being really on top of it and knowing your client base, knowing your numbers, looking at looking at the data to make sure it's representing what the result that you want and being able to kind of break away from things that just don't work anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think um, like Emily said, just I guess recognizing when you need to make the change. I feel like this is sort of a common thing theme that mm-hmm. we have in a lot of podcasts yeah. about just yeah. about everything to do well it's with like business. you just need
0: to keep tracking stuff like yeah if, I mean yeah <laughs> the whole point is if you are you know doing events and you've done them you know several years in a row or several months in a row or you know various versions of the same thing you know it's just about like tracking like we were talking about like right. so if one time everything worked awesome and the weather was sunny degrees sunny and 70 degrees and then you had a similar event the next month and it was cold and raining uh, then maybe that's the reason why it didn't work. Maybe right. it's yeah. more subtle like people don't want to do what you wanted to do like the second time or maybe they didn't right. really like it the first time they they had enough Like, mm-hmm. but just like tracking it maybe like doing a poll asking people like what they want although sometimes <laughs> That's I'm not... Just leave that there. <laughs> sometimes sometimes, can be yeah. sometimes like, people don't know what they want, so then the information isn't always that helpful. But yeah, it's just really about like, like taking, you know, kind of breaking the event down into like its basic parts, figuring out like what worked, what didn't, and then just trying to, you know, learn from that going forward. Yeah. Finally, uh, what's the best way to partner with other businesses when planning an event?
1: We have had some really great partners with events. Um, I wouldn't say we've ever had really negative. I mean, we've had some that just didn't work out for us, and we wouldn't partner again. But yeah. typically, the ones we've picked, we've done so kind of strategically, and they've really aligned with what we're trying to achieve for that event. And it just um, it brings two client bases together, and it allows you to kind of. It allows each business to pull from current clients from the other, and you want to be mindful of that. Um, if you're trying to work with a business that has a client base that maybe isn't who you market to, um, that's not going to benefit you. So, looking at like what the business, what the business you're par- partnering with has to offer, um, is it going to be able to enhance your marketing effort um, for that event? Is it somebody that you know? Your clients are going to enjoy uh, partnering with and spending time with and this is a great place to kind of you know take a step back and just say yes or no like right. I mean you don't yeah. you don't have to partner with everybody that wants to partner with you and um, it's okay to partner with people that you know you maybe you have to reach out to them because mm-hmm. it, it works really well for you or you're really excited about it mm-hmm. um, so just figuring out um, each event, how it's different, and if the, if there is by chance a business that would maybe enhance that event, um, seeing if you can work something out together.
2: Yeah, and I think um, being strategic about who you choose to do them with, like Emily said, is important. So even if you're a new business and you're just starting out, I think even when people approach you or when you go to approach people just know you can say let me think about it and I'll get back to you instead of just overwhelming yourself and getting all in with all of you said yes to 100 different places mm-hmm. and then you aren't following through and that just that's sort of another whole yeah. spill. but you know just being strategic and knowing it's okay to say no to people you don't feel aligned with your um, company and whatnot
0: Yeah, and I think, like, when you're partnering with other businesses, it's really important to, first of all, like, establish, you know, the dynamics of that relationship and just making sure that, like, you're not going to be doing all the work and vice versa Um, because, like, a partnership really does mean that there are, like, you know, two or more, like, people involved that, you know, care about the common goal and not one person is going to be doing all the work. I'm not saying it has to be like divided like 50 50 or whatever, but you know, if you agree to have an event with, you know, another business and then you end up doing everything and they do nothing, like that's like really like the thing that just kind of burns me up as a business owner. And really, like when I think of events that in my mind like weren't successful, it really has to do with the fact that like the work just wasn't distributed equally or. The other person, you know, we didn't have, you know, we communicated about, like, what they were supposed to do, and that wasn't, you know, done, there was no follow-up, or, you know, if, like, if I'm the one who's promoting the event and, like, doing a lot of the work for it, like, you better be promoting the event and doing a lot of yeah. work, too, like, yeah. um, you know, it's not just about, like, me bringing my clients to your business, and then you, like, getting all of like the glory and everything afterwards you know what i mean like it has to be a true partnership and there has to be like you know that dynamic has to be communicated you know everyone has to be involved with the advertising and promoting of it and you know just making sure too that like because not everybody is going to take as good a care of your clients as you do. So just making sure that, like, the companies that you pair with and, like, bring into, like, and expose your clients to, you know, really value, like, their time and, you know, their, like, that relationship and, and that kind of thing. So just all things to think about. Um, I'm not saying that partnering with other businesses is bad. Certainly we do it a lot. And, but you really just have to think about, like, does it make sense and oftentimes if the answer is no, then that event probably isn't gonna like, I don't know, turn out the way that you want it. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. so I guess, yeah, I think these are all good things to think about as you are kind of planning your whole year's worth of amazing events and creating your marketing calendar for your business. Really now is the time to be starting doing that because January is only a few weeks away And you don't want to, you know, get to January and be like, okay, what are we doing this month? Like you want to have at least an idea or, you know, a couple options, things that you kind of have like pre-planned and that you can execute on, you know, create that plan, get enough people, uh, get all of your employees involved in that and promote that and just, you know, execute and have success with the goal of the event in mind and certainly over the next couple weeks we will be formalizing our marketing calendar and yes we will be planning all 12 months mm-hmm. out uh, things might get a little bit fluid towards the end of the year but we will definitely have you know several ideas or options depending yeah. on uh, where the gear takes us mm-hmm. but you can bet we will def- we will have January February and March mm-hmm. kind of buttoned up here in the next couple weeks Because especially yeah, if you need like a venue or you're like planning things like outside off site of your business, like it's, I don't know, you gotta contact those people and give and give them time. Like you know, you can't just be like, oh hey, in two days, can we come by? And no, like you gotta you know, use your use your noggin. They're
1: planning too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, good times. Well, I hope that this was helpful as you think about planning your events and creating that whole year's worth of amazing opportunities for your existing clients to help retain them and just further solidify that awesome relationship and community that you are building. And then also, yeah, like create some entry, get those new clients in the door, get them wowed, get them thinking, wow, like these people are awesome and they are doing so much and I just want to be a part of this. So I think like kind of the more thoughtful your events are, like the better like the rest of your um, business offerings, whether it's services, products, all those kinds of things will be, you're just gonna create more value for your clients and customers. All right, well, we will join you next week. Next week, we're gonna be talking about how to budget. So you definitely wanna listen in on that. And I have created a whole new Excel spreadsheet that will allow us to track our sales and kind of help us in that budget process. So I will definitely be sharing that with you. So you'll want to uh, keep an eye out for that and join us for the next episode, which would be how to create a budget. Anyways, thank you so much and we will see you then.
3: It's okay to be private, it's okay to cry, it's okay to hold back or hold things inside. It's okay to scream, to release them, to be seen. It's okay to be seen, it's okay to be seen, it's okay to, it's okay to, it's okay to receive. It's okay to notice, to stop and to stare Cause the beauty, it blinds you and holds you right there It's okay to listen, one ear to the ground One ear to the sky, tree, street or heart that you pound It's okay to giggle a little to yourself cause the spirit it tickles as it enters us how it's okay to sing it in fact it's encouraged it don't matter how soft rough, vivid or tender or For others I to sing it You're giving love permission love For others I to sing. All things for that matter I Go as I deep as you feel it Song, light swimming, flying in space, floating like grace, alone and together, one and yet still. An instant, an impulse, individual home beat sound, sing itself, singing itself, singing itself, singing itself, singing itself, singing it's singing, singin, singin. It's okay to pray, to be deep, to be light, to just breathe. It's okay to be exact Yourself. It's okay to pray, to be deep, to be light, to just breathe It's okay to be exactly as you are yourself, yourself Ha 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 ha